Did y'all have an insane week? Did you, did you, anybody camp inside all week around your fireplace? Yes. Um, or if you didn't have a fireplace, you still camped around a flashlight. Um, we still don't have water. I know many of you still do not have water. We do have water at the church. And so if any of you need to come and have a hot shower, we do have those capabilities. Just sign up with me. And uh, I think there's lots of people that want those, so that's fine. I was amazed. The, the thing that I, I continue to kind of laugh and be shocked at is how it wasn't even the ice, the lack of electricity, it was that the stoplights went out. Oh my gosh. I mean, okay, first of all, all of us that live in this area and in the area of William Cannon, we've lived there. The lights aren't new. But when they went out, it was like everybody forgot how to drive. Everybody forgot that when you took your driver's test at 16, when there is no light, what does it become? For, well, apparently it didn't. I mean, I was driving on William Cannon and I saw a car fly through at the corner of William Cannon and Mopac as if it was living in a different universe. I mean, literally just straight through, got hit. Just got hit. And then I saw it all in BK. People, I mean, were any of you, did any of you do that accidentally, maybe? At night, especially, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I forgot there's a light here that I've driven past 5,000 times in my life, but without the traffic light, you were just paralyzed or clueless. I can't figure out which one. And, and as I was experiencing this as the passenger, I kept thinking, oh, wouldn't it be so wonderful if, if Jesus could communicate to us through traffic lights? Like if you're about to do something you shouldn't do, just like, like a, the orange blinking sign. Or if you need to literally turn away from a direction you're heading, you've got a U-turn sign. Or, or if you, you've been going too much and, and you just continue to work and strive and then all of a sudden just a huge stop sign appeared in your bathroom. Oh, I would love that. And I think that the disciples wanted that. They wanted to be told what to do. And they were so desperate, just like we are. We want to please God. Because I think the truth is that most of us, we know that God loves us unconditionally. And we want to do our best to not disappoint God. Can we just get some stop signs? So there's this passage that we're going to read today. It's another one of the I am statements. And, and the disciples become confused because Jesus tells them they should know what to do. And they're like, show us, show us the way. Show us. We need a roadmap. So as we prepare to hear that, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this word that is so known to all of us, and I pray that each of us might be able to hear a new word today, a word of encouragement and connection and of your immense desire to be close with us. We pray this in Christ's name. So this is from the 14th book of the Gospel of John. Jesus said to his disciples, don't be worried have faith in God and have faith in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. I wouldn't tell you this unless it was true. I am going there to prepare a place for each of you. After I have done this, I will come back and I will take you with me and then we will be together. You know the way where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't even know where you are going. 
How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without me, no one can go to the Father. If you had really known me, you would have known the Father, but from now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I was reading the passages before it and the passages after, I realized this is in the midst of what's called the longest discourse. It's, it's like four chapters of Jesus talking to his disciples. And what I had forgotten is that this specific part of that is on Passover. It's that night that we talk about here before we have communion and we say, on that night that Jesus was betrayed. It's that night. This is the high holy day of the Jewish people in first century. And and the thing was that you were given instructions for what to do. You were told how to pray the prayers and on which pitch they were supposed to be sung. There were candles that were to be lit and blown out at certain times. There was certain food that was allowed and there was food that was absolutely not allowed. There were only certain people who did this practice of Passover. It was meant only for the people of Israel. The people that had descended from those people thousands of years before who had been spared. Because when the angel of death went over and crossed through Egypt, it is said that the angel of death passed over the homes of the Israelites. And so it's so interesting that this text throughout the years, has been a text to say, who can't be at the table? All throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus is continuing to reach out to those that are Jewish and not Jewish. He touches people who are clean and who have leprosy. He sits at a table with people who are sinners and tax collectors, He loves both the insider and the outsider. And what happened at the table that night that we often forget, the night that this text has happened, is that even one of his own, Judas, got up from that Passover table and left. What we cannot get in, what we cannot forget is that just chapters earlier, This is the the passage that Pastor Stephen preached on a couple weeks ago, I am the good shepherd. This is what Jesus said. He's talking about the sheep and who all of the sheep are. And then he says this, he says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Did you know that in the Gospel of John, there are six times that Jesus asks for people to be something? And Jesus doesn't ask for people to be good. Jesus doesn't ask for people to be kind or to be generous. Six times, Jesus says, be one. Be one. We have to keep that this is who Jesus was when we think about this text just wanting people to be together, to be united. And at this very table, one of his own stands up and leaves him. 
The world then was as it is now. The world is very fractured. People are divided, divisive within our own families, within our own friend groups, just like it would have been for Jesus that night. Have you wondered what the other disciples at the table would have done? Based on the text, I imagine that when Judas got up and left, they were in despair, that their faces were downcast. They were so troubled. Oh my, what's going to happen now? We were the band of brothers, and there's one less of us. And so Jesus must have noticed this. He noticed the, the emotional feel of the room was down. And so then he begins the scripture, and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's the first thing that Jesus says after Judas leaves. And then he says, just believe in me. Just trust me. That's it. And you know the way to do it. It's like he's pointing at them. You know. And then Thomas, I love his, his vulnerability, his, his willingness to act like he doesn't know. And he says, actually, Jesus, nope, not picking up. Not picking up what you're saying. Do not have any idea what you are saying. And so can you just tell us what do we need to do? Did we miss it? And that is how I so often feel like in my faith. I wonder if you do too. You want stoplights and yield signs. We want to be told what to do, when to do it, and we want exact directions to our destinations. You see, in first century Palestine, most of life actually kind of worked like that. It was a simpler life, and you just made sure that you didn't sin. You followed Jewish law, and you followed Roman law. And you know, if you did that to the T, for the most part, you could live a a decent life. And it was believed that if you didn't, if you sinned, and things would happen to you. And we see this. There's this passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus and his disciples are walking and they see a man born blind. And his disciples say to him, who sinned, this man or his parents? That was the belief. The reason that the man was blind was because they had done something wrong. And Jesus responds back, this is my paraphrase, it has nothing to do with sin. This is it. We live in a world where things break, including people. And Jesus says, yeah, you know, there is nothing broken that cannot be fixed in a relationship with me. I imagine I would say to Jesus some, something very similar to what Thomas said. You know, Thomas has been with him day after day. At least according to the Gospel of John, they've been together for about three years And I would say, I actually don't know. I'm I'm worried I'm going to get it wrong. You say you're going somewhere. Can you please, can you show us how to do it? I live in a world that has a 30-day plan for everything with eight steps. You just follow them one after the other, and then everything is solved. Did you know that I could have gotten the information for this sermon this week through artificial intelligence? How are y'all going to know if I did? That's what I could, I couldn't, I can't keep trying to figure out. I was like, how are y'all going to know? Because it doesn't answer the same for everybody. 
We want to know what it is we need to do to be faithful and to, and to follow Jesus to the best of our ability. We want to make sure that the decisions we make are not going to disappoint anyone. They're not going to disappoint our spouse or our boss. They're not going to disappoint our children or our parents. We want to know desperately which is the right road. It's like it's, everything is just two, right and wrong. And we want to not mess up. And so we ask Jesus, what are we to do? We don't know the way. Jesus, give us the sign. I think what we tend to do is we tend to make this following Jesus thing just about doing the right thing and not the wrong thing. Staying in like the good column, if you will. That, that we just need to do more. You hear Thomas say, what do we need to do? And Jesus says, oh, just believe in me. Just have faith in me. Just trust me. I am actually the way, the truth, and the life. It's not about the road signs that are in your life. It's, am I actually in the car with you? Wherever you're going. You get to a dead end, we're there together. You get to a U-turn in life, we're there. I'm there with you. You're going the wrong way. I'm there with you. I didn't leave you back at the right way. When we live life with Jesus, no matter the roadblock, no matter whether we succeed or not, if we live life with Jesus, we are with the way. We are with the truth. We are with life. And Jesus longs to assure us, as Jesus wanted to assure the disciples, that night you can trust with me. You are doing the right thing. He says, believe me. And then he says this. He says, you know me. You know me. You've seen me. When we see Jesus at work in this world, we know him. We can trust him. And I don't think Jesus works like street signs. I'm sorry. Maybe sometimes it has worked in your life. I think that Jesus just says, let me just get in with you. Let me just get in the car with you, with me by your side, no matter what happens, we can do this. No matter what happens, I am the way, the truth, and the life. May it be so in my life and in yours.